Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. All right, always good to hook up with the Yammer, one of our all-time favorites on the bench. He runs the Pac-12 network in our eyes, and he is back on the mahogany waxing up on a pain-free Friday uh, with a little uh, Pac-12 action going on tonight and uh, some great Pac-12 games this weekend. How you doing, Yammer? Uh, doing great. I feel like you might need to be my agent if uh, that's the introduction that I'm going to get. I appreciate it. Honestly, Yammer, you know you've been on the show for years, <laughs> and uh, you're one of the fan favorites. Tell him, Carver, how he doesn't believe me, apparently. Your boy, the Yammer. One of the all-time greats. All-time. He's got rock star status. Does he got he got a locker and a parking spot, doesn't he? He deserves one. He got a locker and a parking that. spot. Free drinks in the 19th <laughs> hole. Uh, so, Yammer, uh, first of all, I got to tell you, uh, this kid, did you see the kid? Uh, I know you're watching the game. The kid from Colorado, oh, yeah. what was he doing in the end zone? Like, are you kidding me? Like, catch the ball, bro. You know what's kind of wild about the whole situation is just kind of how those last couple plays, that sequence is wild. Because if he catches that ball, we're looking at 17-10 at the break. Right. How about the penalty that pushes him back 10 yards on third down, they, Mario Cristobal decided to accept the penalty as opposed to making him go on fourth down. Now, it pays off huge dividends because obviously it's a fourth and goal situation. They're probably kicking at that point. They'll get, they'll take the three points, but the reality is they get another shot on third down, which surprised me. Um, and then obviously you get the interception from Oregon. I mean, that, that goes to tell you, by the way, just how confident Mario Cristobal is in his defense. They've given up one touchdown in like 53 consecutive drives. That one TD actually came last week against Cal off of a turnover. So, uh, And Justin Herbert, that was his first pick of the, the season. It's just kind of wild how things have played out, but Oregon right now looking like a dominant football team. He might throw 500 yards tonight. It's wild. You know, they came out of the gates, Herbert, and this offense, and they were throwing a ton, those opening couple drives, and then they kind of tailed back a, or pushed back a little bit. You've seen a heavy dose of the run game just before halftime, really, in that second quarter previous obviously to the last sequence where um you know about a minute and 30 left on the clock and they're marching downfield they get that last touchdown but um you're right i mean there's like 24 if i'm not mistaken scouts in attendance i think bruce Feldman, who is uh, obviously it's an fs1 game i think bruce said there's at least two gms that are in attendance maybe even three so uh, a lot of eyeballs on herbert and lavisca chenault on the other side who i think is one of those fringe first round picks how do you think uh justin will do uh, on sundays I think he's going to be great. I, I think the interesting thing when you watch him play, you know, Brock Hewitt had said it, he's just so dependable. And in college football, you know, we're always looking for that guy that's got that flair um, and really can lead the team. The one thing that he does really well is really not make a whole lot of mistakes. And, you know, for all I know, you're doing a live radio show, so I'm, I'm sure you're not seeing every single play. But there's been some disappointing moments a year ago from this wide receiving group where it's like 50-some-odd drops. And even in this particular game against Colorado, you're seeing some drops. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a drop touchdown pass. You saw it even in the opener, right, against Auburn in week number one. And I know people will focus in on that. The, the good news is there's a healthy 
contingent of wide receivers. Their top three guys that have been banged up. They made their debuts last week, including a freshman in Micah Pittman, who has looked apart in a game and now a half um, from what we've seen. You can see that the flair that he brings to the table. But I think Herbert, in my mind, is going to be an awesome Sunday quarterback. He just doesn't make a whole lot of mistakes out there. Um, you know, there's not a lot of freelancing, but that's not what you're going to get. You're going to get a supreme pocket passer. Yeah, I got to tell you, uh, and this is just me knowing like how these guys uh, think, these uh, scouts and NFL uh, executives and coaches, this guy looks just completely ripped. I mean, for a quarterback, like he has gotten – from, you know, let's say the last three years, he has gotten pretty ripped. Like, his arms look like yeah. Rafael Nadal. I mean, my, the guy's just cut. He looks very physical to me and strong, uh, as opposed to, like, three years ago. He really does look different. Like, he looks to me to be really a, a man amongst boys now playing at Outson, and I think he's ready to go to the NFL. Let me ask you this question. So a guy asked me the other day, and I didn't think it was the craziest question I'd ever heard. I, we talked about it at some length that we doubted it would ever happen, but the question was, would Mike Leach go to Rutgers? And I and we, we deemed that a no. Uh, we felt like that's not a good job, uh, even though it's in the Big Ten and everything else. We felt that he's got a better situation in Pullman and in the Pac-12 and that they love him there and he loves it there. And he's actually doing phenomenally well, frankly, for a school that, let's face it, what kid wants to go there compared to going to these other big uh, monstrosity schools in the Pac-12? You know, it used to be like they'd be like a laughing stock school for the most part. Now they're a big time program because of him. Yeah, he's done a really nice job in Pullman, which is an awesome college town. Like you said, it doesn't have like the flair, the dramatics of Hollywood or, or uh, you know, even being in the Bay Area, if you're Sanford or Cal, it, it is a different vibe in Pullman, there's no doubt. But the fan base, that is, we were actually just up there for the UCLA Washington State game, the Pac-12 Network, and obviously that didn't go in their favor. Rutgers, I don't know, is a good fit. And for all you know me, I'm, I'm actually a Jersey kid and, and know that area. Mike? thrives in environments like uh, like Pullman, uh, for example, where it's a little bit more remote. I, I actually think being closer to a city like New York, for example, or just being in the Northeast in general, like that's not Leach's speed. I don't think that'd be a great fit for him. Um, and the reality is I, th- I think what he has built in Pullman is is pretty significant. Like you said, I mean, that's not the easiest place to go and win, and it's now gotten to the point where you're, you're kind of expecting them to compete in that Pac-12 North. Now, they're, they're undergoing, I think, maybe the biggest storyline that we've had in the league um, – due to the fact that they were a contender at one point. It's back-to-back losses for them. Then the bye week, and obviously have a tough matchup against ASU and Herm Edwards' squad down in Tempe, but they've lost their defensive coordinator in Tracy Clays, and they've given up in these two conference games an average of 52.5 points. So I think for Leach right now, the focus is probably less on other jobs and more on, like, how the hell does he fix this situation? I just watched that Colorado kid throw a pick, and and it wasn't so much that it was a bad – it wasn't, like, uh, his fault, really. It was deflected and picked off. But his decision-making – of where he threw the ball into like double coverage. I mean, I, I I'm like it's. I feel like I'm watching like the kid's terrible. Like, what are you doing, bro? Like, you're throwing right over the middle into double coverage. You should, I mean, you just it, you're bound to get picked off. I think this quarterback for Colorado looks terrible tonight. Washington State though against Arizona State in wow. Tempe. That's a great game. And and answer this question for me, Yammer. Uh, was that game the UCLA game you saw? Was that one of the wildest football games you've ever seen in your life? 
it was as crazy a finish as I think. Look, I mean, it's what the third biggest comeback in FBS history. In fact, UCLA a couple of years ago when Josh Rosen and company they were down to A uh, and M, they came back. Remember that was a huge, uh, huge comeback. But they're down 32 points halfway through that third quarter. You know, Pharrell. You know, we're doing our show post game after there was another game that was going on at the time. I said to our guys, I'm like, look, let's just go out to the set now in the third quarter and watch both games. You know, we're not it was kind of a foregone conclusion. Like Washington state was going to win that game turnovers. And it goes back to what we talked about. You know, Mike Leach is an offensive guy, but he's going to stick to his guns. And in that game, he was not willing to run the football to kind of milk some clock. And then there's some turnovers and it's perfect storm, right? I mean, you're down 32 in order to come back UCLA, like a lot of things need to fall into place. And unfortunately from a Washington state perspective, they did, but it was the craziest finish I've ever seen. Now, do you think, uh, what do you think of the job Herm's doing? Like, it's unbelievable. And do you think they'll beat Washington State in, in Tempe? Yeah, look, I mean, at home, Herm Edwards has been terrific. And I know there was a lot of people that were laughing at the decision from Ray Anderson, their athletic director, to go and hire him. But he has been been awesome, not only in terms of the results on the field, but from a recruiting standpoint, he's been crushing it. Um, I, I think in, in terms of winning, look, they're in the top 25, 25 right now. Herm's got this NFL mindset, right, where he wants these games to be close. Obviously, he'd love blowouts, but he's looking at two freshmen on his offensive line, a true freshman quarterback as well. Um, and, you know, they lose a fifth-year senior quarterback last year, Manny Wilkins, who's now playing Sunday ball, and Nikhil Harry also now playing Sunday football. So the reality is, like, his personnel right now, at least off- offensively, isn't exactly filled with studs. And they got some good players, Brandon Ayuk, their wide receiver. But the point is, he's going to try to play a close game. In fact, 12 of his 18 games – uh, as the head coach, they've been decided by seven points or less. He loves that. I, I, I think this is going to be a tough test because Washington State's offense is pretty ridiculous. Um, and if it does get into the shootout, I, I don't think they want to play that type of game. Danny Gonzalez, their defensive coordinator, is a stud. But I, I don't know if ASU right now is built to score 50 points. So they're going to have to keep this thing close. That said, I do like them at home in the desert. What about uh, Utah? No problems in Corvallis. And do you think they've righted the ship now at 4-1 at and one and they'll start winning again? Yeah. Look, I was in Salt Lake City a week ago. Or, yeah, we can change go because they're coming off of the bye. And after that loss to SC, you talked to their head coach, Kyle Winningham. You talked to their players. and They don't think they played a bad game against SC. And to be honest with you, um, I, I agree with him. And, and I shouldn't say not a bad game, right? Like, cause there was turnovers, there was penalties. There were things that Utah doesn't typically do, but they weren't finishing off drives. And that's not what they do. They lost their running back in Zach Moss, who is a Sunday, future Sunday NFL player. Um, and I would make a case as maybe the best running back in the country when he's healthy. Um, but they, I think they look, the, the performance that I saw in Salt Lake City against Washington State, that is a dominant football team. They played angry. I think they get the win in Corvallis, but there is some buzz right Right now, it's some juice with with the Beavs offensively. I, I just look at Utah, and they're so they're so dominant on both sides of the football. And I think their quarterback Tyler Huntley doesn't get enough credit for how efficient he's been this year. Uh, Mike Yam, a Pac-12 host, with us back on the bench. Uh, so the game that uh, Carver High is interested in is uh, the uh, Notre Dame USC. As you know, oh yeah, Carver High, huge Irish fan, along with Pharrell. And, I, you know, he, he wants to know if you think USC is going to be able to go to South Bend with those. Uh, they're wearing the, uh, the Kelly Green uh, unis tomorrow night. The odds are stacked against the Trojans. 
Yeah, this is going to be an uphill battle for them. Number one, they haven't played great on the road so far this season. Obviously, Notre Dame's a top-10 team. They have the talent. I think the talent is um, you know, maybe on paper right now you'd favor the Irish in a game like this. But Notre, SC goes into a game where they, they get their quarterback back in Keaton Slovis, who, by the way, is still their backup quarterback. But you know, JT Daniels getting hurt in that opener. Slovis, though, is a true freshman who hasn't played in a couple weeks here. He got hurt early in the Utah game, uh, didn't play in the next one, which was a loss in Seattle, and then they had the bye. So it's been a few weeks. He doesn't have a lot of experience, which I think makes it difficult. But the system that Graham Harrell runs, I think, makes it easier. And look, Notre Dame's secondary they they got some guys there right but I, I would make an argument that usc has the best wide receiving core in the entire country they got three guys that are guaranteed sunday players michael pittman's an absolute monster so i think competitively they can keep it close but they, they got to show I, I wouldn't pick them right now just based off of the fact that they haven't shown that they can win a tough road game and if they do get this that would be their first one this season so what do you think now of uh the fact that like uh arizona's playing the way they are and sure. and how you know they're standing out, and and that Stanford's still in it after they turned it around and won last week, and you know Cal was uh, playing so great. Now they've dropped off. Washington's been, uh, frankly, a huge disappointment. I think uh, the way they played. I mean, uh, I've seen them look lousy. I saw them look good in one game a couple weeks ago. They played at uh-huh. home. Uh, but what do you think uh, against USC? But what do you think of how the you know the North and South are stacking up? Yeah, it look, man, it is, and you know this because you just mentioned a few teams. It is so unpredictable, and I know people are talking about you know how the Pac-12 is not a strong conference. I think top to bottom, the problem is the, the league's really even, and it, it is. It's it, look, I talked to a bunch of coaches back in July. I talked to them throughout the course of the season. They all tell you the same thing: teams one through six, seven or so, can be any of their opponents. I mean, that's how tight this conference is but you're right about arizona can you imagine this though pharrell week zero they go to hawaii they lose that football game khalil tate if you remember he's basically on that last play of the game running towards the end zone gets stopped uh, basically at the one had he scored that touchdown they go to overtime momentum's in arizona's favor we're arguably talking about a five and no football team which is vastly different under kevin sumlin versus four and one the reality is i thought they'd be a four and one football team after the first five weeks because of the way the schedule played it didn't we we got to the number. We just didn't get there the way that I thought we would get there. Their schedule is going to get really difficult, and I think this is a tough game because Washington, to your point, has been a little up and down. They haven't had success in the state. 11 of their last 12 games right. in the state of Arizona have been losses. So it's going to be tough sledding, but I, I don't bet against Chris Peterson's team when his squad's coming off of a loss. Like I just think they're going to make things difficult on Khalil Tate and Arizona's defense hasn't shown like they've been improved, but they're still having problems getting to the quarterback and Jacob Easton struggled. I think more so under pressure. I don't think Arizona can bring the heat. I saw that uh, UCLA choke at the end of that game against Arizona and missed the field goal. Can you even believe after they beat Washington state that they've actually gotten worse? How did, how did that happen? Like you'd think that that would turn their season around. Yeah, you know, I thought it would be a difference maker for him as well, especially some confidence from from Dorian Thompson Robinson. But remember, he gets hurt, done playing that game. And, you know, I keep pointing to this, man. Football is a tough game. It's a rough, it's a physical game. And when you're as young, and it, it sounds like I'm making an excuse, but the reality is it's like 53 freshmen uh, on that roster. I mean, that is, they're the youngest football team in college football. And, I just think that's really hard to overcome, despite the fact that Chip Kelly is there. I think people were looking for like this magic bullet when he got hired. You know, the reality is it takes time to build programs. You can't always fast track it. 
And when you have, when you're that young, they're taking their lumps, man, and they're taking it in a rough way at this point. I, I think the the growth of that program is just going to be a lot slower than people anticipated. Uh, yeah, man, great stuff tonight, uh, gearing us up for the uh, weekend in the Pac-12. Fantastic having you back on the bench. Enjoy all the games this weekend, brother. For sure, man. Always good to talk to you, bud. All right, there he is, Mike Gamm of the Pac-12 Network. What is 855-212-4CBS. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.